Welcome again to Signal Church. Before we jump into our sermon here this morning, this evening, again, whenever you're watching it this afternoon, I want to just take a minute and pray for us, help us to kind of calm our hearts, calm our minds as we look at God's Word. So let me pray. God, thank you for this time that we have to gather before your Word. God, we pray that you will use it in an amazing way. Use it, God, to transform our hearts and our minds. God, show us. Jesus, that we need you and only you in our lives. Move powerfully in this time, we pray in your name. Amen. On the summer of 1993, I talked about 1993 last week as well, but in the summer of 1993, my life changed for all eternity. 27 years ago, Brian, a 21-year-old junior in college, befriended me, a confused, completely lost college freshman. Brian loved basketball, and we shared an affinity there. He was dominant on the court, but thankfully, for my sake, Brian loved Jesus more than basketball. See, as we got to know each other, I noticed that there was something different about Brian. He wasn't confused like I was, and and over time, he shared his story with me. And a significant part of his story was how Jesus radically changed his life. Now, little did I know, from the moment our friendship began, Brian was praying for me. He prayed that God was going to show up in my life. He prayed for an opportunity for for God to give him uh, this this time to, to share the gospel with me. The good news that Jesus saves all those who believe in him. He prayed that Jesus would change my heart and my mind and that I would be transformed. Well, after a few months, Brian's prayers came to pass and I surrendered my life to Jesus I can remember that moment sitting in that college dorm room like it was yesterday see looking back even 27 years have passed and and I could still remember Brian with this white hot passion to see people far from Jesus experience new life in him you know we kind of use the language that You know, someone's on fire for Jesus. Like, that was Brian. And over the years, as I've looked back at that time in my life, I noticed a few things. I've thought about a few things. First, Brian Brian obeyed Jesus. He obeyed Jesus. Jesus said, make disciples. Tell people about me. And Brian did. Second, Brian prayed for me. He knew I was lost. He knew my life needed to be transformed. He actively, day after day, prayed that my life would be changed by God. And here's what's pretty cool too. I have no doubt that Brian actually believed it could be changed by God. And finally, Brian shared his life with me. He shared that Jesus was the single most important thing in his life. As I mentioned, Brian loved basketball. He loved girls. He enjoyed school. But all of that stuff, everything else in his life was secondary to Jesus. 
See, I'm hoping and praying that all of us that are part of Signal Church get this white-hot passion for seeing people far from Jesus experience new life in Him. I'm praying for that every single day for myself. You see, when we have this white-hot passion for Jesus, it flows out of us. And other people, can, can, like, they cannot help but take notice of our joy, of our gladness. That's what made Brian so different. See, when, when we're that passionate about God, we will want people to have what He has freely given to us life change now we're in this sermon series called unstoppable and we're looking at the unstoppable early church in the book of acts in chapter 8 of the book of acts like last week we looked at chapter 4 we're jumping ahead several chapters a lot has gone on the church has grown drastically but in chapter 8 of the book of acts there's a story about a man named philip that he had a white hot passion for Jesus. Philip was an early church leader. He was known as an evangelist. And he's not to be confused with the apostle Philip. There are actually two Philips in the early church. But see now, as the church has grown, and as the church has matured and developed, by the time we reach Acts chapter 8, the church is growing and it's also enduring intense persecution. Even still, in Acts chapter 8, verse 4, it says this, they went on their way preaching the Word. So the church, this early unstoppable church, is facing all of this persecution. They're actually being scattered. All of these Christians are being scattered all over the world. And it says they went on their way preaching the Word. Not even persecution was going to stop them. See, Philip was one of those people. He was one of those people, one of those Christians that continued to preach the Word. And Philip, as we see in Acts chapter 8, proclaimed Jesus in Samaria. Life change took place. In Acts chapter 8, verse 8, we read, And there was great joy in the city. So as Philip is preaching and his people's lives are being changed, there is great joy in the city. Now remember back to the first week. Acts chapter 1-8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, with Philip and others, we find Jesus' words coming to fruition. This is actually happening few minutes we're going to see that the name and the fame of Jesus is going to go far beyond Samaria so if you have your Bible with you in front of you or if you have uh, your Bible app on your phone I want to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 8 we're going to be looking at verses 26 through 40 Philip is sharing the gospel sharing the good news with an Ethiopian official acts chapter 8 26 through 40 the book of acts follows the four gospels matthew mark luke and john the book of acts is right after the gospel of john on the first half of acts chapter 8 we we find philip in the middle 
of a revival. As I said, he was preaching in Samaria and all of these people are coming to saving faith in Jesus. And amidst this tremendous growth of the church, look at what God does. Verse 26, And an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. Now notice that God initiated with Philip. God gives Philip a call. He gives Philip a command. And Philip obeys the call. He obeys the command. See, Philip didn't just stumble upon the Samaritans in the early part of the chapter. And he didn't just stumble upon the Ethiopian man that we're going to see in a few minutes. God initiated. God orchestrated these meetings. Philip simply followed God's lead. Philip, in a very real sense, had a date with the Ethiopian man. Date. Divine appointment to edify. See, there's there's no doubt in my mind that God initiated and orchestrated 27 years ago Brian to share the gospel with me. See, Brian followed God's lead. The Holy Spirit gave Brian a prompt, gave him a leading, and Brian went for it. And he shared the good news with me. See, the relationships you have, the relationships you have, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, you have for a reason. Those relationships, those people are in your life for a reason. And it's a divine, it's a supernatural reason. See, maybe God is calling you to play a significant role in someone moving from death to life in Christ. And wouldn't that be a glorious, glorious opportunity for you to be the one to share the gospel with them? To pray with them as they move from death to life in Christ? Well, Philip obeys God. And he goes down to Gaza. Now, Gaza was a second-class kind of janky town. It's dirty and it's filled with Philistines. The same people that the Israelites had problems with for countless years. Remember, right? David and Goliath. Goliath was a Philistine. And here we find God calling Philip to go to Gaza to witness, to proclaim God's truth in Philistine territory. So Philip walks. He walks 165 miles from Samaria to Gaza. He meets up with the Ethiopian man. He's a high official, it says, of Candace. You can see this in verse 27. He's, she's queen of the Ethiopians. Candace was a well-known uh, name or title for an Ethiopian queen. Kind of like the name Pharaoh. So this Ethiopian man, he's a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Now the Ethiopian man was in charge of the entire treasury of Candace. Now when we think of Ethiopia, maybe today, we think of like a developing country. We think of a, a comforty, uh, country rather wrought with, with poverty. But back then, in Philip's day, 
Ethiopia was essentially the, mainly the region below the Nile River. So basically from the middle of the African continent south, that was Ethiopia. Huge, prosperous land. In other words, the Ethiopian man was a big deal. He was a big deal. He traveled to Jerusalem in royal chariots. And in Acts 8, we find him returning home to Ethiopia. Now look at verse 29. The Spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. Go and join that chariot. See, Jesus led Philip to a particular chariot. There were several. He leads him to that chariot. There were many, but Jesus wanted Philip to join. I know I keep saying it. To join that chariot. See, God is leading you to share the gospel with that friend, with that coworker, with that family member. He's leading you. He's prompting you. Are you following His lead? Are you following His lead just like Philip followed the Spirit's lead? Notice, God's Spirit is preparing the Ethiopian. He's preparing the Ethiopian to meet with Philip. When Philip ran up to the chariot, it says, he heard him, that's the Ethiopian, reading the prophet Isaiah. You see, here's the deal. God is leading you to share the gospel with that person. And you know what's happening right now? He is working on that person. Preparing them to hear the word that you are going to share with them. See, over the years I've noticed something. I've noticed that when I'm following God's lead, as Philip did, the person I'm sharing the gospel with is always receptive. And they're receptive because, as I said a minute ago, God is preparing them. He's prepping their hearts, their minds to hear, to know, and possibly even to believe the gospel. Well, while in Jerusalem, the Ethiopian somehow, we don't know, it's not really communicated here, but while he's in Jerusalem, the Ethiopian man acquires a copy of the Old Testament prophetic book of Joshua. Philip asked the Ethiopian if he understood what he was reading. Remember, Philip runs up. He hears the Ethiopian man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip says to him, do you have any idea what you're reading? I love love the Ethiopian's honesty. He said, how can I unless someone guides me? In other words, bro. I have no idea what's going on here. This is making absolutely no sense to me. Help a brother out and make some sense what I'm reading here. Now the passage the Ethiopian was reading from came from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 7 and 8. And you can see this, uh, I believe, in verses 32 and 33 of Acts 8. But it says this, From Isaiah 53. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. 
Now those verses from Isaiah were written almost 800 years, almost 800 years before the birth of Jesus. Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah, Jesus, would be like a lamb led to death, wrongfully accused, tried, and put to death for your sins and mine. Every word that Isaiah wrote, every single word that Isaiah wrote in chapter 53 of his prophetic text came to pass in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now obviously, the man is confused. He's confused and said to Philip in verse 34, chapter 8, who is the prophet saying this is about? Himself or someone else? And then look at verse 35. Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus beginning with that Scripture. Now, notice here. Philip doesn't share anything new. He explained that Jesus fulfilled the prophecy found in the book of Isaiah. Now, he must have shown how the story of Jesus is good news and how the story of Jesus and how the person and work of Jesus gives life to all who believe in Him. Gives life both now and for eternity. The Ethiopian not only listened to Philip, but he surrenders his life to Philip. So he listens to Philip's explanation about you know, this, this, these verses in the book of Isaiah and the whole story of Jesus. He not only listens, but he believes. Well, how do I say that? Why do I say that? Look at verse 36. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. And the Ethiopian said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? Baptism, you see, is a, is a symbol. Baptism is a symbol that God has worked this spiritual change, this conversion in our lives. It's an outward sign of an inward change. The Ethiopian and, and, and Philip went down to the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Ethiopian is radically changed. Acts chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Now I need to throw, I've got to throw just a little bit of shade here for a minute, alright? Notice that the Ethiopian and Philip went down into the water and they came up out of the water. There's no little sprinkling, and there's not a little dip. See, the old life in baptism is symbolically buried in the water. That's why we immerse. It's symbolically buried in the water. And we're raised to new life when we come out of that water. See, Philip baptizes the Ethiopian. And then, you can read about this, but Philip is carried away by the Spirit of the Lord. Like, literally carried away. Like, that's wild. He was essentially kind of teleported from Gaza back to where he was prior to this event happening in Samaria. Notice the end of verse 39 and verse 40. The Ethiopian, following his conversion and baptism, went on his way rejoicing. And Philip appeared in Azotus, and he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns. See, the church of God is unstoppable because it holds the life-changing message of Jesus that the world 
needs to hear. So Philip shares the gospel with this Ethiopian man. The, gospel, the, the Ethiopian rather surrenders his life to Jesus. He accepts the gospel as being true. Philip then goes on telling people about Jesus all over Samaria. Now what's fascinating here is the ancient historian Eusebius, 260 A.D., 339 A.D., that's how long he lived. What is that? 70 some odd years. The ancient historian Eusebius wrote that the Ethiopian and his servants began the first church in Africa following this event. The Ethiopian's life has changed. He goes back home and he plants the first church in Africa. Today, right now as I'm preaching, there are over 631 million Christians in Africa. And it's growing rapidly. By 2050, Africa will have the largest number of Christians in the world, and that's by a wide margin. You see, the worldwide movement known as Christianity, known as the church, is unstoppable. And this movement in Africa began because Philip, one man, Philip was obedient and he met one man on a dirt road and told him about Jesus. Do you see what can happen when we're obedient? It just takes one person to share with one other person and God will move Literally, he will move mountains. See, what I want us to think about here, just as we come up to close, is, is how about you? Like, where are you right now as you're watching this or listening to this? Has Jesus changed your life? See, if he has, are you sharing the good news? Are you sharing the gospel? See, I want to challenge you with this. And I, I, want, you, I want to challenge you right now to pray and ask God to identify one person, just one. Ask God to identify just one person in your life that needs Jesus. My hunch is right after I finished that statement, that person was already in your mind. But identify one person that needs Jesus, one person that's living without Jesus, one person that needs hope, one person that needs grace, one person that needs their sins forgiven. One person. Just one person that needs Jesus. Who is that one person? I want to challenge you right now, wherever you are, to write their name down. And now like Brian did 27 years ago with me, like Philip did 2,000 years ago, obey Jesus. Obey Jesus. See, God is calling you. He's leading you to obey His message. You remember, right? Matthew 28, verse 19. The Great Commission. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. 
the hinge verse of the whole book of Acts. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God is calling you. He's commanding you to be obedient. Share the gospel with that one person. Pray for that person. Pray that God would reveal Himself to that person. You don't have to say anything cute. You don't have to say anything original. Just pray that God would open their hearts and open up their minds to the gospel. And just share your life with them. Share how Jesus has changed you. Show them. Teach them. Invite them. Do whatever you need to do to share with them how Jesus has transformed you. See, I just want us to imagine for a moment. You know, there are a couple hundred people at our church. I want us to imagine for a moment if each one of us, if each one of us shared the gospel, the good news, with our one person. Can you just imagine for a minute if each person received the life-changing message of Jesus? Hundreds of new believers all over the Connecticut shoreline, up and down the Connecticut River Valley, surrendering their lives for Jesus, following Him, and doing exactly what you did. You were obedient to Jesus, you prayed, you shared your life, and then those people that accepted the word that you gave them did the same thing. This is how the church multiplies. This is how the church grows. And this is how the church is unstoppable. Us obeying the word of God and following Jesus, the unstoppable King and Lord of the Lords. God, thank you so much for this time and thank you for your word. Thank you that it changes lives. We pray, God, that each and every single one of us listening and watching will identify that one person. Pray for them. Love them. Share the gospel with them. Share our lives with them as well. How you changed us. So God, we lift up this time to you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.